Sex and happiness both enrich our lives, yet it's surprising how few people can honestly say that they enjoy regular and fulfilling sex or describe themselves and their lives as happy. Host Lori Handlers helps you to experience real intimacy and happiness. You'll laugh a little, learn a little, and we hope put a smile on your face and a smile in your life. Now here's Lori. Hi, everybody. This is Laurie Handlers, and you're listening to another episode of Sex and Happiness, a show about sex and happiness. And you may have noticed that lately there's a trend on my show. We've been doing a lot of talking about men, men's consciousness, men's groups, men's education, men's sexuality, because men are under so much attack these days because of the hashtag me too movement that men are a little bit lost. Men were lost before me too, like because of things that the early feminists did. And I I'll talk, you know, I'll own that. I am one. And so I know I did damage. I didn't mean to, and I didn't see the long range ramifications. And so I talk about it a lot on the show because I want people to get that, you know, sometimes when something is up and starting, we don't know what the future is going to look like as a result. So, my sense for the past 10, 20 years, men have lost their balls. Like they haven't really, they've become what I call Alan Alderman, very sensitive, very feminist. And I know that's not bad boy stuff. And so it really doesn't turn on a lot of women. And yet, you know, it's, it's a quandary. It's, it could be a cosmic joke. So I've been focusing a lot on men and today is not going to be any exception I'm going to focus today on um, men's sexual confidence. And um, and we're going to talk about this again. We're going to keep talking about it until people get over themselves, forgive each other, and actually find a way to have self-love and then love for other and love for that which is different and for who that is different. So I don't care if I talk about this forever. It's It's okay with me. I want people to dance in ecstasy on earth now. So let me introduce my guest. His name is Ryan Thomas. I have been on Ryan's show, which is called The Intimate Lifestyle, and now he's on my show. He's an 11-year Army veteran who suffered from sexual dysfunction, sexual shame, and low self-esteem. Now, after years of personal growth, he helps men balance their spine and their hearts to become better lovers and powerful partners. Hallelujah. Ryan, (laughs) welcome to the show. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank Um, you very much. And thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, it's wonderful. Now, you're, you're a veteran in Canada. Yes, you're a Canadian veteran. I am a Canadian veteran. Yes, I am. Yes, you're a Canadian and you were a Canadian veteran. So when I say veteran, like we we recently had Memorial Day and I don't know if Canada celebrates it on the same time as the US. So but people have had veterans high in their mind lately. Yeah. So, we we have something called Remembrance Day on uh, November 11th. Oh, okay. Yeah, Remembrance Day. I know they have that in the UK. I guess that's where you got that name from. Yeah, it's a British thing, yeah. Yeah. And then in Jamaica, they have Heroes, they have Heroes Day or Heroes Weekend. So that's kind of cool, too. I've experienced all of those. Anyway, let's go to your life, Ryan. You know what? You say you suffered from sexual dysfunction, 
from low self-esteem and other things. When and how did that shift for you? That shifted for me. Um, there were a few different sexual challenges that I dealt with. Good. They all shifted at different points. So tell us a little bit about them so that, you know, I want the listeners to get a sense of you before we actually go into some of your solutions and your prescriptions. Like people have to be able to say, Ooh, I'm just like that guy. Or I know that my brother's just like that guy or my partner's just like that guy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it, uh, it sort of started off. um, It's actually a little bit interesting when I was in university, I didn't have any sexual performance and, and I, I don't even like the word performance because you're not really there to perform. You're not, right. it's not sexual doing. You're, you're not performing for the other person. You're not doing sex to the other person. You're, you're having sex with the other person. So uh, when I was in university, I didn't really have any sexual uh, challenges. I actually started to get into pickup artist stuff uh, in my early twenties after I got out of university. And that's actually when I started to develop quite a bit of anger towards women. Um, and that, and that's actually when a lot of my performance issues started to arise. That's an interesting. That's interesting. Can I just stop you for a second there? Like, yeah, you, you went into pickup, and that's when your anger started for women. So that's really interesting because I've never heard men say that before. I've heard women say they're angry at pickup artists, but I never heard pickup artists say that they're angry at women. Although I, I imagine some are, maybe even the people who invented pickup artists. But why do you say that? How do you mean? Like, what were you angry at? I was lonely. Ah, okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Thank you for being so vulnerable. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, it's, it's in the past. It, it's in the past now, so it's it's yeah. not so vulnerable because it's not raw for me anymore. It's it's where I was. Yeah. The, well, you took me by surprise just by being so straight about it. I just <laughs> laugh, but I wasn't laughing at you. I promise. Yeah. No, it's all good. It's all good. No, so, I was I was I was pretty geeky in high school, and uh, and I was desperate for women's attention, and uh, and I always found that the women that I was attracted to always treated me like crap in in high school. Mm-hmm. And then in university, I just never got any kind of attention from women that I was really attracted to until my later use in university. Um, pardon me, I've got some allergies right now. So if I have okay. to sort of break in and cough or blow my nose, I just uh, apologize in advance there. Okay, I'll make a note of it. And so, I, you know, so we can, uh, I can take it out. Sure. Um, and, uh, and, and I'll be sure not to sneeze directly into the microphone. <laughs> I'll, I'll show some respect for your listeners so I don't rupture their eardrums. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So the, the women that I was really attracted to treated me like crap and I didn't get any attention from the women that I was really attracted to. So I was really lonely when it came to relationships and I didn't have any outlet for my sexuality. And I think most men understand the angsty nature that crops up from our from our sexuality it's it's something that just needs to be released in one way or the other and so yeah the the pickup artist world was a way for me to sort of feel like i had a bit more control over my dating world in my dating life so at least that's what i thought that it was going to give me what ended up happening was i started learning new strategies and ways to talk to women but I was still lacking a lot of confidence in myself. So I was just an unconfident guy using a lot of manipulative 
tactics to get attention from women. And although in a lot of ways I did get, I did get laid. <laughs> I certainly wasn't, I certainly wasn't being, I certainly didn't have any integrity and my relationships weren't really, this, my sex life wasn't healthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and as a result, I started, and more often than not, I was actually getting more, I was getting rejected more often than I was getting um, accepted and getting approval, Yeah, which just fed into this need for more, uh, this need for more approval. So it made I, me want to do it even more. So I want to ask you a question here because my primary partner, Michael, uh, studied pickup after he, his wife divorced him. He's very geeky. And so he studied pickup and then he was, he did okay. Like he got women to go home with him. And he says that this trouble started when he got home with him because he, he lacked skill. So some women would just say, Oh my God, I got to go, <laughs> you know, or they, they, like they would, they would say, uh, he'd say, see you again. And they would say, uh, I think not. They would just not want to see him again. Not because he wasn't able to get them to be with him. Once he, they were with him, that he didn't know anything. He was like a one trick pony. So is that, are you talking about that? Could you distinguish it down that far? Or is it really that you just were so not comfortable in skin? I, can you ask that question a little bit differently? I understand what you're saying with regards yeah. to the one trick pony. And that's yeah. actually what I do with my men's program that I'll, I'll tell you about a little bit later. It's, it's yeah. But, so I don't know. He just wasn't skilled. That's all. He just wasn't skilled. And so sexually or sexually got him into the bedroom and you have to start actually talking to the person or having sex or engaging afterwards. He just didn't probably all the above. He probably just okay. didn't have skill. He was probably so excited to get someone home with him that he got someone home and then he just didn't know what to do. And they couldn't get out the door fast enough. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I'm hearing your story and I'm going, wait, this sounds familiar. This, so I'm just trying to figure out like, okay, you did, you got some rejection and you were, you were okay. I mean, you got some women to be with you, but where was the breakdown? Would you say? The breakdown was that I was just a, I was insecure. Yeah. And I just, I, I I used women and okay. I used women for my own approval, for my own ego. Got it. And, they and could, when they didn't they, give that to me, when they didn't give me the approval that I needed to feel good about myself, then I'd get angry. Mm, so sorry. I just, I just didn't treat my partners very well. I mean, I thought that I, I always thought that I was a nice guy. I always thought that, you know, I was being really reasonable that I would, uh, I'd bend over backwards for people. Um, and I thought that I was really nice. And, I, and in a lot of ways, I, I valued, like, I've, I've always understood empathy. And I remember the first lesson that I got from it when I was four years old, uh, when my mom taught me about empathy. And then I remembered seeing empathy time and time again. So empathy was a huge part of me. But I was blind to the anger that I had towards women as a result of my loneliness. And I was blind to how I was being in partnership. Got it. And, and it resulted, you. yeah, and it resulted in a lot of relationship breakdowns and me thinking back now of like, man, I was not a good partner. Like I, I was not, I was not nice. And I, I objectified women horribly. Mm. Yeah. 
I think that, and, and I think that there's a, there's a level of obje- of objectification in sex that's normal and healthy. Like if you've got certain fetishes, um, if you like blonde women, or if you're a woman and you like only like red haired guys, um, <laughs> <laughs> coming for you, Lori. <laughs> I, d- I don't only like red haired guys, but I, li- I, there's something, I don't know, whatever. I've had some, a couple of really cool and hot relationships with men who had red hair. So. Some fiery exchanges. Fiery, right, right. I'm very fiery, so I like fire. <laughs> but it's not, you know, I, I love men. Like, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I got you. Yeah. Um, when it comes to objectification, I, th- I think it's, it's normal for us to objectify. It's unhealthy when all we do is objectify and we ignore how we're behaving in the moment and we look past who they are as an individual. Right. Um, and that's what I was doing. I was clueless to how I was behaving. I was clueless to my anger and I wasn't really necessarily looking at them as a person. I was more looking at them as a means to give me what I needed, which was approval. Yeah. And, got and yeah. And then that resulted in sex and me thinking, Oh, if I'm not good at sex, then I'm not going to get that approval. Then I'm not a man. I'm not a man. If I, if I can't make her come, if I, if I, t- if I come too quickly, I'm not a man. She's not going to like me. Mm. I'm going to lose the approval that I've been getting. Oh my God. I don't come too quickly. Oh my God. Don't come too quickly. Don't come. Don't come. Don't come. Don't come. Damn it. I came. God. So that was, so that was sort of like the first issue that really popped up. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Men tell me that they think about the football games. They think about the world series. They think about anything they could think about. So as not to come, I mean, men told me this when I started teaching Tantra and I was like, what? You're not even present. You're thinking about a baseball game. And they're yeah. like, yeah, we are. And I'm just like, oh, we got to put a stop to that. So, so yeah, thanks for being so honest about that. So, so when did you wake up? Well, I first woke up, I actually had a partner. Uh, I reached out to her and I said to her, hey, I don't think I'm, uh, I've, I'm not really where I, at where I, I'm not really at where I want to be in my sex life right now. Um, and I kind of want to try a few different things to get to where I want to be. Basically, I was telling her, hey, I don't think I'm lasting long enough. I don't think I'm adequate in the bedroom. I want to try a few things to see if I can last longer so I can be a better lover. That's what I was asking. But what you just heard me say, the way I would worded it to that partner was so not clear. So she looked at me and she said, well, whatever it is that you're going through, you're going to have to figure it out on your own. And if I don't enjoy having sex with you, then I'm not going to anymore. So basically what I heard from my unclear question was, I don't like having sex with you. You're not good enough. Figure it out on your own. Otherwise I'm leaving you. Got it. That's what I heard. But really what actually happened was, I don't know what Ryan is saying right now, but if he wants to try some weird kinky shit that I'm not into, I'm not, I don't really want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) So huge communication breakdown that actually resulted in a lot of anger. Eventually I found Tantra um, and I recognized uh, a lot of issues around my, perf- my need to perform and I won't get into the solutions of what it is that I did, but uh, eventually I realized that I was the common denominator in all these relationship breakdowns that I had, why my sex life sucked, um, 
why I was so angry, I realized that I was a common denominator and that I, and then I actually had to make a, a decision to change my perspective around women and, and also myself around sex. And, uh, and then I found Tantra and I started to use Tantra to learn. And then I started learning, um, you know, multiple orgasms and things like that. But I didn't really overcome my performance, uh, my premature ejaculation until I stopped caring, putting so much effort on not ejaculating. ejaculating. Yeah. Yeah. Once I didn't put any need for her approval on me as a man from my sexual performance, it wasn't until then that I really let, that I stopped the premature ejaculation yeah that's so good that's so real i love the way you're saying it and describing it because that is human and real and there's you know hopefully my listeners who are listening are going yeah i'm just like that guy you know or my partner is just like that guy or we were like that so that's so great ryan thank you we're going to take a break here when we come back we're going to talk about the things you know that was just a very critical thing about not focusing on what you don't want, <laughs> you know, like actually not putting energy there and letting yourself be. It's beautiful. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some more things like that, because that is so practical. People can put that and apply that into their lives like right now. And they can also find Tantra, but that's like, that's very key, not emphasizing that. So um, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Sex and Happiness. I'm Laurie Handlers. I'm talking with Ryan Thomas, who comes from a background of being, uh, he calls it sexually dysfunctional. Um, he had sexual shame and he had low self-esteem. And he just talked about how he set about to deal with that and then how he actually dealt with it. You know, how one thing led to another thing led to another thing and, and how he took you know, basically he started to claim his power. So stay tuned. We're coming right back. Hi, everybody. This is Laurie Handlers, and I want to talk to you today about an Eastern European tour where I'm going to be teaching Tantra all along the way of the tour. Now, many of you know that I did Tantra Tourists, a film where I took people to India, and I taught Tantra on the bus and at the Taj Mahal and all these places. So now I'm bringing people to Eastern Europe. And my tour is 14 nights, 15 days at four-star hotels, and it's land only. And uh, the cities we're going to hit are Prague, Budapest, Rovinge, Zadar, Wien, Zagreb, Split, Dubrovnik. And I'm very excited about it. The only place I've been of all those places is Dubrovnik long ago. So if you've never been to Eastern Europe, and you'd like to see those places, you'd like to start in Prague and end in Dubrovnik and learn Tantra along the way, I welcome you to come and join me. You can be a couple or you can be a single. It really doesn't matter. All meals are included. All hotels are included. And it's going to be exciting for me because I've never been there. And I know that it'll be exciting for you too. You'll be able to learn as you tour. So to find out more, you need to go to this website, sacredsensualgetaways.com. That's sacredsensualgetaways.com. And click on Meet the Instructors, click on Laurie Handlers, and come with me. The tour that I'm talking about starts on June 16th and goes to June 29th. Perfect time for Europe. 
So join me. I look forward to hearing from you. You can write to me, by the way, for more information at laurie at butterflyworkshops.com. That's L-A-U-R-I-E at butterflyworkshops.com to find out more about the stores. Please join me in Eastern Europe. It's going to be great. Are you wondering what book to read to jumpstart your life? Get the best from relationships? Attain the deepest feelings of intimacy? Do you want the best sex along with great happiness? Get your copy of Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by Lori Handlers right now. You'll learn how to make love in the unknown, take the performance anxiety and reaching a goal out of sex. You'll learn subtle ways of communication and really important practices to empower you when dealing with an intimate partner. You'll let go of blame and struggle. Doesn't this sound great? Sex and happiness puts the innocence back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. Take charge of your life, physically, emotionally, and spiritually with Sex and Happiness by Lori Handlers. Only $19.99 paperback and $14.99 ebook. Order your copy today by going to ButterflyWorkshops.com. That's ButterflyWorkshops.com for your copy of Sex and Happiness. We are back with Sex and Happiness, and I'm interviewing Ryan Thomas. And uh, we're today we're dealing with men's sexual confidence. It's a big topic. Um, sexual confidence in general is a big topic. People are, have so much layers of shame, so many layers of shame that it's hard for them to get over it. So Ryan's giving us like some practical information about his life, but you can map it onto yours. And that's what I'm hoping that you're going to do so that you can like relax. So Ryan, then what happened? You learned to relax and then, and then how, what shift? I imagine you going, Oh, <laughs> you know, but I don't know if you did. I just imagine that. I, you know what? I tried so many. Oh, okay. So are you, are you talking about uh, my relationship to women, my relationship to myself or my relationship to my sexual performance? Cause Both of, all of it, that, all of it, all of them. Yes. Okay. Start with your relationship to women. You stopped focusing on not coming, not coming, not coming, not coming. You let go of it. You stopped worrying about what they were thinking about your performance, which you, we already disqualified as a, as a true thing. And then what? What happened with your relationship to women? Yeah, so my relationship to, to women. Um, I, I had essentially realized that you know I was angry at women. I was angry because I was lonely, because I didn't get the approval and the love that I felt that I deserved. I didn't get, um, I felt like it seemed to me that whenever there would be a divorce, women would divorce the man, take all of his money and never let him see his kids. Right. I thought that women were cheaters. Um, and then I'd see all these reasons that women were cheaters. I thought they were manipulative, uh, emasculating. I thought they were coercive. Um, just it, pretty much everything that I could think, I thought they were dick teases. Every, and everything bad that I could think about women, I was thinking about women. Mm. And then I realized, uh, ah, you know what? I'm the one who's carrying all this anger. Are those things happening out there? Yes, there are a lot of bad women. But you know what? Every time I say all women are bad, well, 
Oh, my mom's not bad. My mom would never do those things. My mom was amazing. Okay. 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 So that's fine. She's an exception to the rule. <laughs> except, except my, my friend Jane, well, she's pretty amazing as well. Actually, like she doesn't, she doesn't do any of that stuff. Like she's okay. Okay. So we got two exceptions. Okay. Right. And then, and then I started realizing all these other women that were actually in my life that, were, that I had missed or that I had met and that I had engaged with, not sexually, not in a relationship, but that I realized were in my life. And I was like, Oh wow. You know what? There's actually a huge hole in this argument of mine. And it's just where I was focusing. I was like, wow, I am the common denominator here. Well, and then I happened to be choosing these women that were treating me poorly because I, I was also treating them poorly. And I was choosing women that would treat me poorly to fulfill that belief system that I had about women. Right. And I was doing that unconsciously. I didn't, I didn't know that I was doing that because I just believed that women were bad. So I would naturally choose bad women. <laughs> um, so once I started to, once I recognized that, I was like, holy shit. Okay, well now how can I change this narrative? As soon as I would have this, these angry thoughts come in, I would start thinking, ah, no, I caught you. Nice try. I'm happy that I caught myself in this thought right now. What thought do I want to insert? And then I would think about the women that treated me well in the past. And I would think about women that, were, that uh, really liked me, that respected me. Um, I would think about the women that did amazing things. So I would insert that narrative when that other darker narrative would pop in. And I'm not going to lie. It didn't happen overnight. The realization happened overnight, but the healing took years. Um, and the, and the anger definitely still crops up. I mean, I, I think that it's not uncommon for, for women to be angry at men, but also still truly love deeply men. And it's the same thing for men as well is to, to be angry uh, at women because they are different, uh, but also be madly in love with them. And I think that that's quite normal and, and, and it's quite healthy, but it's only healthy so long as we, we, we lead from our, we lead from love and we're aware of what makes us upset. Um, but this is, you know, this is driven by it. What you're saying is applicable for women and men. What Absolutely. you're saying is applicable for anybody, people who, whether they're not heterosexual, but they're gender bending and they have issues with partners. When we typify somebody and classify somebody like as a whole race or a whole gender or a whole whatever, we can't see any reality in it. And we also can't see our responsibility in the game. And so I love that you took responsibility. And I also love that you said, and it took years for the healing, you know, it's got to start somewhere and then it doesn't happen exactly overnight. Like we have to keep catching ourselves in the old habit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, the thing that also helped me is I realized that all the ways that I had been a dick, so when I started seeing how when women were being bitches, I was like, ah, oh, you know what? Yes, there are women who are bitches out there that are manipulative, pardon the word, but manipulative cunts. And there are guys that are manipulative, abusive assholes. And there is a time and there have been situations when I've been an asshole. So how can I look at, at women doing some bad things and say that they're horrible? Because if I do that, then I'm going to have to look at myself and say that I'm a horrible person too because, that I, because I was a horrible person. Mm. And I wasn't willing to do that because I believe that I'm a good person and, I'm taking, and, I, and I take steps to be a good person. So it was in that process of recognizing their humanity that I was able to 
um, bridge that gap because, you know, I just recognize that, yes, there are bad people and there are going to be times when I'm going to get hurt, but that doesn't mean that they are a bad person. It just means that they did something bad in the moment. Yeah, I was going to say, can you distinguish bad person from just bad behavior? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't think you can. I mean, I I think, I think, or yes, yes, you can. (laughs) There are people who have bad behavior and some of them when they're, when it's pointed out to them that the behavior was bad, they can shift it right away as different from being, you know, just bad through and through. Yeah. 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 I mean, I I mean, I think, I mean, I think there's unhealthy and there's, um, uh, yeah, I think there's unhealthy and there's tendencies to manipulate and hurt. So I don't think that means that the person is a bad person. It means that they're just in a lot of pain and they're trying to find power. When you're really angry and you're hurting other people, it's because you feel powerless. So when you have power over someone else and you hurt that other person, it means that you are significant because you're significant to that other person. So right. you create this feeling of power in yourself. Right. And we search for power when we're feeling weak or when we're feeling powerless. So if people, if someone's really, really angry, they might do a lot of things to hurt other people. So that way they can feel powerful. Right. So it doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It means that they're a good person who's in a lot of pain and doesn't realize that there's another way of looking at life and another way of gaining love, acceptance and empowerment. Yes. Very good. Thank you. I'm so glad you reframed that. (laughs) (laughs) So, Sounds like things started to shift for you in that time. Uh, Oh, absolutely. Big time, big time, big time. So it was, I mean, that was, I'm trying to think of where, where to pick up from. Right. So I I was, I was changing the narrative and my relationships to to women and my relationships to sex did a complete 180 where everything always ended in a ball of flames and it was really unhealthy. Once I had that realization with that partner, things just did a complete 180. She and I did break up, but she and I are still amazing friends. Um, we're talking eight years later. We still mm. talk. Um, we, like, we talk a lot, actually, her and I. Um, I don't talk that much with all my other partners, but she and I definitely do. But then all my other partners after that, for the most part, when they ended, they ended amicably and they ended with respect. Even if we were maybe a little upset that things were ending, we didn't have animosity towards one another, right? which was not anything close to what had happened before. And my sex life, my relationship to my own sexuality changed. I started enjoying sex rather than thinking about it from a place of performance. Yeah. Say more about that, will you? I mean, that was going to be my next question. I saw how you changed your relationship to women and your relationship to yourself and, and your own narrative, what you thought. And now how did your sex life change when you stopped being a performer? Yeah, I was able to actually connect with my partners. <laughs> In the moment, I was able to play. Yeah. Uh, and that's what sex is about. It's about, it's, it's play. Uh, it's a way to connect and have fun. But when you're performing, you're performing to get a result, to get an approval so that way you can feel good. <laughs> There's there's a line that you're going down. You're going somewhere with that. <laughs> yeah, you got a goal orientation. Yeah, it's a it's a goal. Whereas I was able to engage in sex from a place of, oh, cool. This is 
this is really hot. I get to make out with her for as long as I want. Um, she's going to touch me. I'm going to touch her. We're probably going to have sex. We start having sex. Oh, this is awesome. Oh, I'm getting close. Hold on a second. I need to take a bit of a breather. Go down on her, you know, like have some fun, not thinking that I need to have my penis in her vagina all the time in order to make her come. Actually, that's another thing is uh, I started realizing that sex wasn't just penis and vagina. Uh, that's a good thought, thing. That's yeah. a very good thing. Yeah, that was that was a big one. Yeah. Um, it just it started. I started to enjoy sex on just so many other levels. And that's then, great. And then your self confidence. Just address that too. Sure. So, that, so now you stop being angry with women. Now you stop performing and you started being present. And and so how did that spike your self confidence? Yes. Um, one quick thing that I I'll, I'll, I'm just going to yeah. tie up a thought that I had, and then I'll dive into the how did it how did it affect my confidence? Yeah. When it comes to letting go of that perform that need for performance, it's almost as if you've got a a, a cup of um, a cup of apple cider vinegar, you know, not very tasty. You're drinking it. It's really, really gross. You can't pour, you know, a nice glass of, you know, a nice milkshake in there or a nice, you know, a, a good cocktail or something that's really, really tasty. You can't put something else in there until you dump that stuff out. So I had to dump out the performance anxiety in order for me to realize what else could actually fill up that cup. What else could actually go in there? Mm-hmm. So I, didn't, I didn't fully understand what I was missing until I let go of that need to perform. Um, so I just wanted to tie up that little thing. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it's very good. And then you make it very clear. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. The, when it comes to my confidence, oh, oh, uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's somewhat counterintuitive. As soon as I let go of that need to perform, I started performing better. Yeah. Which is, that's the cosmic joke. It, it, it is. It, it is a cosmic <laughs> joke. It is. It really is. The universe is not without a sense of humor. That's for damn sure. Totally not. It's 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 hysterically laughing all the time at us. Um, it's just a question of when we see it, we can laugh too. Yeah, exactly. That's that's actually kind of a lesson that I've seen time and again. It's like, okay, well, this is happening. Well, what's the counterintuitive thing to do at this point? Go do that. <laughs> um. But yeah, like my confidence started to go up. And also because I didn't feel like people were constantly judging me because it's like, oh, what did she think of my performance? What did she think of my performance? What did she think of my performance? I wasn't constantly looking around for that and for that validation, that need for approval. And when I didn't do that, I was able to start giving that need, that approval to myself, which naturally started to make me feel more confident mm. um, because you can only give confidence to yourself. You, you set a measurement for what you're going to be confident on. Am I going to measure my confidence on myself? That's a choice. Or am I going to measure my confidence on what other people give me? That is also a choice. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, it's a choice, but it's also an, a mature awareness. Like given that nobody really talks to us about sex or sexual performance, mostly they, when we get educated, they talk to us about how to prevent pregnancy and how to stay away from STDs and STIs. And that's about all that they teach us, especially men don't talk at all. Women at least talk to each other about it, but that doesn't mean they know anything. 
It doesn't mean they talk intelligently with each other, but there was a book, Our Bodies, Ourselves, and, you know, there's yeah. some other things. So it what you're describing is a, is a distinction of maturity. You know, it's like an awareness, and it it only happens when you're willing and wanting to have something new happen. That's when you start looking around and going, like, maybe the way I'm seeing things, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I, I think it's also important to, to not be delusional. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. if you're, if you, if you're coming, you know, in less than a minute or less than three minutes, um, even less than five minutes, if you're coming in less than five minutes on the regular, like all, like let's say 90% of the time mm. and you're not doing anything else for your partner, then I don't think it's really mature for you to have high sexual confidence and just say, I don't need her approval. No, no, no. Um, it's, a, it's a dual experience. We have to feed ourselves our own confidence. Like here, for example, when I was so desperate about performance, I started learning absolutely everything that I possibly could to be a better lover. And I gave a lot of women a lot of really intense orgasms because that's all I cared about. But even though they said, no, that was absolutely incredible. That was some of the best. Like, Holy shit. That was un unreal. I wouldn't believe that because I couldn't give my own approval to myself. Okay. So I had to give that to myself. But on the other, on the other hand, if all I do is just give myself validation for myself and say, I am sexually powerful but I'm not a very good lover and I'm really unskilled and I ask my partners what they think and they say, uh, it's not the greatest. If I choose to ignore that, well, then I'm just ignorant and I'm arrogant. So I think it's, it, it's, there's a duality that lies in there that in order for me to be confident and actually confident, I need to admit that, hey, there are things that I could do to improve my sexual skill and to improve my partner's experience. Um, it, it, confidence is also the ability to say, hey, I might not know something and I'm okay with that because it means that I can learn and that's great because then I can grow and then I can become stronger and more powerful. Fucking A, let's do it. And <laughs> I can get that feedback from my partners. So there is another thing. I think it's definitely a generational phenomenon, but I'm going to say it anyway. When I was growing up, girls weren't supposed to say anything. <laughs> Okay, and I, I, I know that pocket of reality still exists. I know it's more, sex is more talked about now. I mean, MTV helped that along. But it still could be seen as slutty. I'm not saying I see it as that, but I'm saying it could be seen as slutty. Or a girl or a woman could be slut-shamed if she talks about how your sex performance is thinking alluding to the fact that she knows something or that she, you know, maybe more than you or that she has a desire. It's still, I'd have to say still not a hundred percent kosher. Yeah. You know, I think it also depends on how she does it. Yeah. Um, I mean, same, I mean, same thing goes, I mean, it, it goes, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to try to like balance it out there. I'm no, just, I'm just saying we, yeah. when I was growing up, I expected boys to make an advance towards me 
and I expected them to know more than me. I found out. Oh, look. I see what you're saying. You're yeah. you're talking more about making the advance. No, and, and also knowing more than me. I thought boys knew more than me. I thought boys talked about it. I hadn't. My first sexual experience, like real. It, this wasn't for real. My first. I had. I engaged in sexual activities when I was in high school, but I never went in quotes all the way. I didn't have sexual intercourse until I went to college. And when I went to college, I picked, and I'm just going to give you this example. I picked a boy who was his upperclassman. I was a freshman. He was a junior. And I picked him because he was like, you know, uh, like a big man on campus. He was like on the football team. He was out every night and looked like he, like sexually, he looked like he knew what he was doing. And I purposely picked him. I picked him to have my first experience with because my boyfriend at home knew as much as I did. And I wanted to be with somebody who knew something. <laughs> what a stupid mistake I made. <laughs> I, I mean, I admit it. It was terrible. It was a horrible evening. And, um, you know, and that guy actually like fell in love with me. And then I didn't know what to do about him or what to do with the whole thing. Cause I couldn't wait to go home and be with my high school virgin boyfriend, you know, who was like now one year older and I was one year older and I couldn't wait to be with him because just what we had done was better than what I was doing in the, on that one evening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guys do talk about sex, but it's usually like, did you bang her? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 All right. All right. Woo. Yeah. yeah that's it. They don't sex. talk about sex. That's yeah, not a sexter. Sex. I sexed her hard, bro. Yeah. 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 She like gave me a BJ. It was so dirty. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's not talking about sex. That's no. just like, that's like, a, that's the weather report. Um, you know, the shortened weather report. So that doesn't, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That doesn't count. All right. So that's what I'm saying. You know, girls weren't supposed to talk about it also in my, in my, I thought it was very mature. And in my mind, I said, well, I'm planning this, right. I'm going to be with someone who knows what he's doing. Well, you know, I'm going to say why it was terrible. It wasn't terrible because he knew or didn't know what he was doing. One, he wasn't present. Two, he, um, guess he banged me, although I know he had feelings for me. And he, because I didn't bleed, he accused me of lying to him about my virginity. Oh, for fuck's sakes. Well, that's because don't blame him. Blame the education system. Well, I blame everything. You know, I, I'm not, I'm first of all, I don't blame him. If I saw him today, I would laugh and, you know, hug him, but I'm just, you know, I had a, the best laid plans. You know, I was, I calculated this because I, I knew that I didn't know enough. Well, I, it turns out I knew more. So I'm just, you know, I'm giving you an example. Like, yeah, I was slut shamed for not bleeding and I didn't know. I just like, I ran out of there. You know what? It, honestly, I think that people are going to use whatever scares them the most. They're going to use that to hurt another person. It's it's the low hanging fruit. You know, they're going right, to flush. Right, right, right. What we do to guys is emasculate them as quickly as we can. So for for women, right. we slut shame. For men, we emasculate. And it's and it's just a bunch of bullshit. I mean, I mean that's when we also need to start. I mean, there's there's going to be some. How does culture change? Is people have the courage to speak up against it. So if all we do is respond to society, oh, society is slut-shaming me. Yeah, 
that fucking sucks and it shouldn't happen. The only way that we can actually make that change is more people actually start talking out a bit more. Well, we're being, gonna t- not being concerned with people slut shaming. So it's like, ah, oh, you're going to slut shame me because you think that I didn't have sex with someone else. And I'm not saying just you. I'm, I'm, I'm no, yeah, of course. Example. Of course. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not telling God damn it, Lori. No, <laughs> no. So we're going to talk about that though. We're going to come back. We're going to take another break. When we okay. come back, we're going to talk about talking about it. We're going to talk about what you're doing for real. Sure. To change it and to make and to have people, you know, come together and to have men gain sexual confidence and talk about it. So thank you. We'll be right back, everybody. This is Sex and Happiness. I'm talking to Ryan Thomas, and I hope you're at the edge of your chair because I am. So we'll be right back. My question for people right now is if you're a woman who could use a little zest and zing in your arousal response, or maybe you know women or a woman who could use this, because many women say that their feelings of desire, arousal, and sexual satisfaction don't happen as naturally or as often as they'd like. So I want to tell you about Zestra, because Zestra was developed to meet this much-needed option for women. Uh, Zestra safe and a patented blend of botanical oils and extracts, and it's created to help women have increased sexual sensations. Zestra comes in convenient single-dose personal packets. Each packet keeps the essential arousal oils and extracts free, fresh, and safe from light. And with application of Zestra, it starts to work within three to five minutes. And at about 10 minutes, there's something called the Zestra Rush. And that can last up to about 45 minutes. The great news is that Zestra can be used as frequently as you like during each sexual experience. Now, I'm somebody who believes that all women deserve sexual satisfaction. That's why I do this show, in case you hadn't noticed. So I believe that men and women deserve sexual satisfaction. So if you're a woman who isn't getting that kind of arousal response that you want, please call 877-426-8047. That's 877 877- Four two six eight zero four seven, and please remember to say you heard about Zestra from Laurie Handlers on the Sex and Happiness Show. Many times on Sex and Happiness, you've heard Laurie talk about emotional release and how important it is. Well, now you can do emotional release in the privacy of your own home. In Laurie's CD, Shamanic Release and Lottie Han. She creates a safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work Lori is known for in her sacred sexuality courses. Lori sets you up with the proper positioning and breathing. Then she guides you through each emotional state to the beat of tribal African rhythms. This CD provides an easy way to do emotional clearing work on a regular basis. Order your copy of Shamanic Release and Lottie Han today and watch your relationships walk free of emotional baggage. To order the Shamanic Release and Lottie Han CD by Lori Handlers, go to www.butterflyworkshops.com right now. Do you want to deepen your intimacy while being on the perfect vacation? I'm talking about an all-inclusive vacation with a nude beach, a prude beach, and award-winning food, entertainment, and service. In really fun classes each day, I'll take you into enhanced communication, intimacy skills, and sensuality. 
I also offer private sessions by appointment in sex magic, G-spot stimulation, female ejaculation, and men's ejaculation choice. Oh, and I'll have my Sibian there too, so you can experience the Sibian in a private learning session. There's many barriers to be dropped and a new freedom to be learned by accompanying me to this vacation. When? October 13th to the 20th, 2018. Where? Hedonism 2 Resort, Negril Beach, Jamaica. For more information, write to me, laurie at butterflyworkshops.com. Or to book, call Tom's Trips at 800-285-0853. That's 800-285-0853. Book now while rooms last and tell them you are among my group. Be among the wonderful people who will be joining me this year. I can't wait to be with you in Jamaica. We're back with Sex and Happiness and... Today we're talking about sexual confidence for men or men's sexual confidence. And Ryan Thomas, we were just, we were, we were sort of in some heated moments there. Let's talk about what you're doing. What are you do? What are you doing to change this paradigm? Yeah, sure. I mean, I guess, um, there was, there was a couple other things that, that you had mentioned there um, that I'd like to finish up. Do you mind if oh, I tie sure. up my thoughts, sir? Go ahead. Yeah. Tell me what they are. Yeah. The, when it comes to the, to the slut shaming, I mean, that I think it's, I get really irritated. Actually, I don't just get irritated. I get angry when I see things like that. Um, I, I, oh no, I lost what I was saying. Oh no. Well, you start, well, answer my question and then I'm sure you'll remember it again. Probably. Probably that's usually how it works. Or I'll wake yeah, up at three o'clock in the morning and sit up straight in the bed. That's what I was gonna say. All right. Well, so then I'll have you back on the show. There's no, there's no <laughs> limit here. All right. Sounds good. So what I'm, uh, so you were asking me, what is it that I'm doing to make? Yeah. It what is better? it that you're doing to change all this? Absolutely. Well, uh, well, I guess first, uh, first step was looking at myself and looking at my own, my own perceptions of sexuality when it comes to women, my own perceptions of women's sexuality, my sexuality, how we interact, um, how, how I specifically interact with other men, how I interact with other women. I look at myself first. And I think that that's the only place that we can really start to make change is look at, look at, look in the mirror. I mean, say for example, I want to, let's say I want to change the entire culture and I, and I say, you know what, we shouldn't be, the culture shouldn't be slut shaming. The culture shouldn't be, you know, let's change the patriarchy. Let's change, uh, you know, feminism. Let's change whatever it is. As soon as the effort starts going outside, then that means you're actually giving up your power to some external factor. And let's say you want the other world to change. Well, then that basically means that you want each individual in that gender or ideology or group to change the way they think and view the world. Never going to happen. Exactly. But if you, because you also belong to a specific group, so if you want the world to change, you actually need to adjust your perspective of the world into the way that you actually want to see it. That is the only way the world will actually change is by looking in the mirror and becoming literally, and it's so cliche, and it's only cliche because people gloss over it and don't look in the mirror. But if you actually do look in the mirror, and you do specifically become the very change that you actually want to see in the world, that is the only way that change will happen. 
And the more people do that, the more culture will actually start to change because then we'll gain some momentum and then we can provide leadership to those who are maybe a little bit scared to make any changes. Okay. So that's, that's, that's the good. First I mean, thing that, okay. So that's in general, how you change a paradigm. Yes. So that's to, so that's the first thing that I do when it comes to making change. Then I guess practically what it is that I'm doing is um, I'm also just sharing my voice with regards to my, my podcast, the, the intimate lifestyle. Uh, this week is actually the last episode, uh, the last interview that I'm going to be doing for a while. Um, because I'm just going to be focusing more on, uh, on being interviewed on, on other shows and just putting out my own content. And what I'm doing is, uh, is I've just launched a beta program, uh, an, an in-person beta, uh, beta program. Uh, it's a two-week program, or sorry, two months. It's one night a week for two hours. And what we do is we go into confidence as a man, a deeper understanding of how to lead a partner in a relationship while also empowering her. Uh, break relationship patterns and sexual patterns, uh, instilling a deep, unapologetic confidence in your sexual skills, um, and date women who uh, who inspire and challenge you. That's essentially what my what my program is oriented around, and I will be launching that program uh, online uh, mid August. So if anyone wants to reach out and is interested in that program, uh, definitely reach out to me, Ryan at the intimate lifestyle.com. And I can give you all the links and everything for that. The, that information is not up on the website yet. Cause I'm still uh, developing it. It's okay. A beta program. And then I also do offer coaching. Um, I wasn't offering coaching for quite a while. Um, cause I was just focusing on, I was focusing on other things. So I've just launched my, my coaching. So if people do want, do want that, these are, these are the things that I get into is, is confidence, sexual confidence, breaking relationship and sexual patterns to just become the kind of kind of sexual and romantic partner that, that you really want to be uh, and have the kind of relationships you want. So that's, that's what I do. Uh, I guess that's, that is what you're asking. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Yeah. What, what, <laughs> I did that. I understood the question though. Okay. When good. you say be the change in the world, okay, what change are you being? So you answered yeah. the question. That was really okay. good. Okay. Good. So okay. So people want to get in touch with you. They should get in touch with Ryan at theintimatelifestyle.com. Dot com. Okay. I just wanted to make sure we said it again. And, um, and they can write you that and then coaching, you do coaching, um, in person or you can do coaching over Skype or zoom or whatever. Yeah. It's over Skype. I mean, obviously if you're not in, in Vancouver, British mm -hmm. Columbia, then I can't do it in person. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I can definitely do it over Skype. That's okay. That's wonderful. Just... And, um, I love the idea of your, uh, you know, your men's groups, your men's meetings, what it is that you're doing, your two-month program. And, I, you know, I, I applaud you. I think it's great. And I think, uh, I think all that you're doing has to be, has to take place. So if you were going to give somebody a tip, you know, like if you were going to give a tip to my listeners, which, of course, I'm going to ask you to do, <laughs> what would you give them? I mean, I think I picked a few out of today what you talked about, but like, if I just said to you, okay, Ryan, what tip just, would you give people? Where, where should they start? What would you do? What would just, you say? Just, just the tip. Just the tip. Just to see how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, that was very funny, but that wasn't the right answer. <laughs>
uh, back to the start line, Ryan. Back to the start line. Um, yeah. What tip would I give? Yeah. Yeah, somebody, when, somebody yeah. hears this show. Somebody hears this show. They're not in Vancouver. They call you, or maybe they don't call you, but they want to do something. Maybe they're, uh, maybe they're in relationship. Maybe they're not in relationship. Is there anything that you could tell somebody? I think you said, you know, already you have to look inside yourself. You have to see where the complaint is and know that you're a part of it, that you're adding to it and so on. But you know, then what would you speak out? Would you speak it out loud to your partner? I'm just asking you for your like wisdom here. Someone hears this and they want to go right out and do something. What should they do? Instantly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I would actually recommend writing it down first. So be completely honest with it. Once you become aware of your narrative. So once you become aware of your thoughts, then the next step is I wouldn't, I would not recommend going and blurting it out to absolutely everyone because at that point, I don't think it's necessarily as refined, uh, mm-hmm. which is fine, which is totally fine. If you do do that, that's, that's fine. There's just going to be more, there will just be more consequences that you, that you, that you have to that you have to face, which is fine. Um, what I would recommend is once you become aware of these thoughts and these feelings and these patterns, write it out, write them all out. Be completely one hundred percent honest. Hell, you can burn it if you want to. You can mm-hmm. write it down and don't type it. Do not type it. Write it with your hand. Um, there's a different interaction that you get when you're, when you're typing, you're not engaging your body as much. Right. When you actually write it out, it's slower and you have to be deliberate with your thought and you're actually engaging your body. It's much more tactile. So you're engaging more, uh, it's much, it's more of a sensate type of experience. Okay. Uh, write it out or sensory experience. I think that's the word. Okay. I think, but yeah, so write it out and then, Write out all those thoughts, the fears, the insecurities, what's making you happy, what you're not happy about. Write it all out. Be completely 100% honest and then leave it for a bit. Great. And go back and, re- and revisit. And if you want to, you can burn that piece of paper so no one ever sees it. But it's just important to start being completely honest and being open with, with your thoughts and understanding where you're coming from and understanding your emotions. So that's, that's the tip that I would give. Beautiful. Thank you. That's a very great where place to start writing it all out. Honestly, it's great. All right, Ryan. Well, I'm excited about what you're doing. I, um, I'm thrilled that you, that you are doing it. I'm thrilled that you came to all this and I know there's many, many others out there who need to hear this. And so I appreciate you so much for coming on my show today. Well, thank you so much for having me, Lori. Yeah, it was a quid pro quo. (laughs) (laughs) And I thank you for that. It was real. It's great. So, uh, so everybody, again, it's Ryan at the intimate lifestyle.com. If you want to find out more information from Ryan and um, certainly if you're a man and you're wondering about what's next and you want to talk to somebody, I, I recommend that you talk to somebody. So Ryan would be a good one for you to talk to. And I want to thank all my listeners for listening to me. And I will have another amazing guest next week. I'm in this flow now about men's work. So there may be more coming about men's work. Um, Just, you know, be aware that I'm, I'm being the change I want to see on the planet. 
I want to see people really have ecstasy between each other and amongst each other. And that's what I'm working for. And this show is about that, sex and happiness. So thank you all for tuning in today. And thank you for listening. And Ryan, again, thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you for joining us today for Sex and Happiness. To learn more about Lori and her work, please go to ButterflyWorkshops.com or follow her on Twitter or Facebook. You can send her an email at sexandhappiness at gmail.com. We'll see you again right here next week for another edition of Sex and Happiness. I want to talk to you about the craziest and most inventive sex toy or sex enhancement that I've come upon in a long time. It's called Love Rider, L-U-V-R-Y-D-R. That's L-U-V-R-Y-D-R, Love Rider. So I know the couple that invented it. They never intended to invent it. They stumbled upon it. And isn't that how most things go in life? The subtitle to Love Rider is Grab the Bar and Ride Your Lover Wild. And I want to tell you that I've had multiple experiences with Love Rider. I've taken it all around the world and I've had lovers experience it. I've given it to them overnight and told them to come back and tell me their experience with it. And every one of them comes back with a raving report. It's a harness that the person receiving puts around their shoulders, either forwards or backwards, whatever. It depends on what position you want to use a love rider in. And the person who's giving, the penetrator, takes the handlebar like they're riding a horse and they lean back and they get amazing angles of penetration from using this device. It's hard to describe, but I want to encourage you to go there and look it up. Listen, my lover gave it a five and a half stars out of five. That's all I got to say. So go to loverider.com and look for this beautiful invention. And you can use my name if you call them, or you can use my code Butterfly Workshops, letting them know that you heard about Love Rider through me. That's loverider.com, L-U-V-R-Y-D-R. As a sex and happiness coach, I understand that increased sexual participation intensifies sexual responsiveness and desire, as well as overall health and well-being. My experience with the Sibian has personally increased my sexual response, and I can now train women to use this machine to have peak orgasms as often as possible. I strongly believe this will add to their health and well-being whether they have a partner or not. The beauty and the miracle of the human body is that it adapts and changes much more rapidly than people change their beliefs or their opinions. The Sibian can make any woman's body more resilient with each peak orgasm. Sibian is an amazing experience, often described as the Lamborghini of sex toys. If you're a woman and you can get yourself to look at Sibian, you should do so. It won't take away from your partner. It will only add. Trust me on this. I love my Sibian. Go to Sibian.com. That's S-Y-B-I-A-N.com. Or call 1-800-253-6135. That's 800 253 
888-646-6135 and say Laurie Handler has told you about Sibian. And by the way, if you do have a partner, ask about Venus for Men. That's Venus, V-E-N-U-S, for men. 